Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 39. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. In this session, we'll continue to look through the Gospel of Luke, but we'll only be looking at passages that are unique to Luke's Gospel. In other words, uh, stories, sayings, etc., that we did not see in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, so, um, we're going to pick up at the end of Luke chapter 2, and we'll see one, in, one more story of Jesus' childhood, which is not included in Matthew um, and, and is unique to Luke. It shows uh, the boy Jesus in the temple. And you may recall the story, picking up on verse 41. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. Um, parenthetically, there were three feasts a year where all Jews were expected to try to get to Jerusalem for a, uh, a, you know, a celebration, and Passover was certainly one of those. So um, they went. Uh, they were observant Jews. They observed the, uh, the, the rituals of the faith and uh, did as they were supposed to. So um, in, in being good, a good Jew, it wasn't what, just what you believed, it was what you did. And that is also true in Catholicism as well. So um, with that in mind, uh, do we have the world's worst parents here or what? Uh, he was 12 years old. They went up according to custom. And the, when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the company, uh, in the company uh, like a caravan, they went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances, and they did not find him. They returned to Jerusalem. So you might be thinking, this, this reminds me of the movie Home Alone, where the little boy Kevin uh, is left behind on a family trip, and each parent thinks that uh, he is with the other one. Well, um, bear in mind that from the Nazareth area to Jerusalem is, an, is approximately 100 to 120 miles, I guess, depending on how you go. And uh, to, to go towards these festivals, uh, families typically traveled in caravans. And as was the custom at the time, uh, the men would be in one group and the women would be in another group and the kids would kind of uh, be in whichever group uh, of the men and the women. So it may well have been that uh, dad, a.k.a. Joseph, thought that Jesus was with Mary, Mary, thought that uh, mom thought that uh, J uh, Jesus was with Joseph, etc. Anyway, it's a comedy of errors, but they do discover it. So no, they weren't bad parents. Uh, they, it was just, hey, there's a lot of commotion going on around Passover. Think of taking your kid to a Super Bowl or something. And, you know, there's 80,000 people walking around. It's easy to lose your kid. Okay, so we'll cut them a little break for that. But they find him... And where is he? He's in the temple in verse 47. And he's, he's, uh, he's actually listening and he's teaching in the temple. And it says, verse 47, all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? 
Behold, your father has been looking for you anxiously. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Ooh, so you might be tempted to say, well, he's kind of a smart aleck, you know, uh, talking to his parents that way. We don't, of course, uh, see the, uh, we're, we're, we don't know the tone of voice that was, uh, that Jesus had. But um, one thing for us to remember as we reflect on this is our duty to God supersedes all other duties. And uh, although Jesus is, of course, obedient to his parents, and if you don't uh, believe that, read on. And in verse 51, it says, He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. So Jesus was an obedient son, to be sure, but the greater duty is always to, to God. And that would be true for us as well. There may be times when we have to choose between serving our family and our uh, serving God in, you know, in terms of, of uh, our religious duties. And uh, God is not uh, a second-class citizen. We worship him and we obey him first and foremost. Plus, some of you might have parents who weren't very nice people and might have had you do things that are contrary to the teachings of Christ, in which case, when there is a discrepancy in the teachings, you always go with the teachings of Christ. So that was unique to Jesus. Now, the next thing I want to uh, talk about that's unique to the Gospel of Luke We'll pick up on uh, chapter, oh no, yeah, the genealogy of Jesus. I want to just point out a couple of things. We're in uh, chapter 3, and we see the genealogy of Jesus from verse 23 through verse 38. Don't worry, I'm not going to read it to you. It's boring. But uh, there is also a genealogy in Matthew. But I wanted to point out a couple of differences because a skeptic about the Bible, uh, who is a knowledgeable skeptic, might point this out. They might say, how can you follow the Bible? You guys can't even figure out who Joseph's father is. Because we see in uh, verse 23 of uh, chapter 3 in Luke that it says, uh, Joseph is the son of Heli. Yet in uh, Matthew's genealogy, it says Joseph is the son of Jacob. So how could they how could they both be right? Well, that's an easy enough answer. Any of you who have had a, a father who has died, uh, a biological father who has died, and then the mother remarried, um, you could say that both of them were your uh, fathers. And in fact, in Luke's gospel, it. It, um, as it mentions one person after the other, it'll say that person is the son of Heli, the son of Melchi, the son of Jani, the son of Joseph, etc. Whereas in Matthew, it's, it, it's the begots, you know, he begot so-and-so, he begot so-and-so. So in other words, one, you can be the son, even if you are, uh, you know, a, a stepson, if you will. So that's issue number one. Issue number two, probably more important for our study of uh, Luke, is that Luke takes um, the genealogy of Jesus not just back to Abraham, where Matthew does, but all the way to Adam, 
the very first human. Why is there a difference there? Well, again, remember, Matthew is trying to show that Jesus is what? That he is the Messiah of the Jews, first and foremost. And he certainly is that. He's the Messiah of everybody. Whereas Luke's goal is to show that Jesus is for everyone, regardless of bloodline. And so he takes Jesus' genealogy back even further to Adam, uh, who, uh, of course, existed before there was a Jewish people or a religion of any sort. So it's uh, Luke's efforts to make sure that uh, we understand that Jesus is for all people, not just the Jews. Okay, um, there's a little discrepancy if you look at these genealogies, and a skeptic will once again say, hey, between David and Jesus, there's some uh, discrepancy there. Well, um, it, it's quite possible that Matthew, in his genealogy, records the ancestry of Jesus' legal father, Joseph, and that Luke records that of his biological mother, Mary. So, um, in this case, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, gives us a, the dynastic line that passes from David to Joseph through King Solomon. And Luke here gives us the Davidic line more generally as it passes from David to Mary through Nathan. So, just figure, you know, you, everyone has a biological father and, and mother, right? So if you were listing your genealogies, you could choose to go through, you know, through your mother's line or your father's line, and that may well explain it. Okay, so enough of the ancestry of Jesus. The next thing we want to talk about is uh, in chapter 4 of Luke, where Jesus is rejected at Nazareth. Uh, it says he, verse 16, I'll pick up on chapter 4, verse 16. And uh, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and he went to the synagogue as is his custom on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read and there was given to him a book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened the book and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Circle the word poor. Okay. And in your margins, write Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. Now, why do you suppose uh, Luke includes this? And it's unique to the Gospel of Luke in the, in the four Gospels. Well, you may recall from session one about Luke that um, Luke's goal is to show that Jesus is for everyone, and particularly the poor, those who have nothing. Okay, so you're going to see a lot of emphases in the Gospel of Luke towards um, preaching good news to the poor, doing good things for the poor, taking care of the poor. So if you are a social activist, Luke's Gospel might be your favorite. Okay, and uh, he goes on. Uh, quoting from Isaiah. And then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and all the eyes in the uh, synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And not, uh, not curiously, it says in verse 22, All and all spoke well of him 
and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And um, they said, uh, you know, they were wondering, hey, isn't this Joseph's son? Because they would have known him because, you know, he's in his own uh, area there, right? In Nazareth. And um, uh, he said to you, truly, I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his own country. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, um, when there came a great famine over all the land, and Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath. Um, circle the word Zarephath, and in your margins, write 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 through 16. And you can read that story where, you know, there was a famine and um, so Elijah was sent, uh, he was an Old Testament prophet, was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And uh, so you'll recall that the widow was kind to him, baked him some, uh, you know, got him some nourishment, etc. And uh, she was blessed. Okay, now what's the problem with this? Now, remember, in verse 22, it all spoke well of him, right? But now he mentions, hey, the one that got blessed in this story that I um, just mentioned in, from 1 Kings chapter 17 was from Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Well, she was, wait for it, wait for it, a Gentile, and she was blessed. Okay, Um and then he goes on in verse 27, and there were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And underline only Naaman the Syrian, and in your margins write 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1 through 14. What's the problem with Naaman the Syrian? You guessed it. He was a Gentile. So Jesus is saying, hey, you know, there's going to be blessings from me to the Gentiles. So in verse 22, before this, uh, as he's reading the words of Isaiah and probably commenting on them about uh, preaching good news to the poor, they're all with him and they're saying, all right, Jesus, we're with you all the way. But as soon as he starts talking about blessings to Gentiles, how does that change their idea? Okay, and then in verse 28, we'll see. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and put him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down headlong. They want to kill him. But passing through the midst of them, he went away. So you'll find this is a story is unique to Luke's gospel, and I bet you can figure out why, because one of Luke's purposes is to point out that Jesus is for everyone the Gentile, as well as the Jew. Gentiles, by the way, in general, were just people who were not Jewish. They were like Jews and then everybody else. So we've got that uh, that story as well. And I think this is probably as good a place as any to end it. So let's reflect on, uh, on what we have seen today. Uh, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for Luke's emphasis that uh, 
Jesus is for all of us, all of us, the poor especially, the Gentile, the one who has been rejected by the uh, by the people in the, in the know, so to speak. And we are so grateful that um, um, we you you have shown us mercy and that you are giving us blessings each day, and you bless us even with these uh, with these words. So help us to reflect on that. So uh, next time we're going to pick up on, um, let's see, I think a little difference in the Sermon on the Mount uh, in, in Luke versus Matthew. And uh, we'll see some more blessings to uh, Gentiles, etc. So stay with us and uh, come back next week. Um, as always, I welcome you to email me your questions and comments at jhcatholicbible at gmail.com. Uh, and until next time, I look forward to your joining us again on Catholic Doctrine Bible Study.